interesting people, incredible stories. This is Talk All Things with JP. And welcome to Talk All Things with JP. I'm your host, JP. Today's guest I'm very excited to have on the show. Tony Layoon has been selling alcohol for 37 years, including a very long stint at one of the most famous brands in Australia. He joins me to chat about his time in the industry. And welcome to the podcast show, Tony. Thank you, JP. Tony, before we uh, get into the podcast show, let's do some getting to know you questions. Okay. So for me, music puts me in a good mood. I'm just wondering, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Look, I've been in Australia for 45 years, nearly, nearly, uh, if I can count properly, or 46. Uh, but unbelievable, I still listen to Lebanese and Arabic music. And your dad knows I like a poetry, so I write my own poetry in function. So I like Lebanese Arabic music and songs, and I write Lebanese Arabic poetry. Uh, that's that's really good as well, Tony. Thank you. Tony, uh, when, when you're not working uh, during the week and selling uh, alcohol, what do you like to do to relax? I walk. I walk for an hour, two hours, three hours, and I either I listen to music or I ring my friends and my family, spend 15 minutes on the telephone, check on them, on their children. I love talking to all the people. I'm 64, but I like to talk to 80-year-old people and ask them if they need anything or if I can do anything for them. And some of them, they feel very happy just for me to say, hello, how are you? How's your day? And stuff like that. That's my biggest hobby, helping all the people and the poor people. Ah, that's really good, Tony. Uh, it's very good to help people out there. Thank you. Tony, uh, so we are recording the uh, podcast episode in the studio and we've got a time machine, the Talk All Things time machine. Now, if you could go into the future or past, what would you choose and why? Look, <clears throat> excuse me, everything I did in the past, I don't regret. I just regret, <laughs> I regret a few times uh, because... JP, I came to Australia like a lot of migrants with nothing, but I was lucky when I got involved in the Murphy three years later. I became partner. I made a lot of money. I went and helped a lot of my friends. I thought I had the opportunity. I should help them. Unfortunately, most of them, they took my money and they never paid back. And now I feel embarrassed when I see them in a function or in the church. Stuff like that I regret and I wish I didn't do. I wish I gave it to poor people in the village or here or somewhere and not lend it to the wrong people. That's something I regret and I wish I didn't do. Everything else I did, more than fine. For the future, as I said, when I'm sick and tired of working, I love my job because it's my own business, small business. It's like a hobby for me. It does make me good money. This good money goes some of them to all the people, the poor people, people need help. And every time I give some old lady $1,000, I feel like a million dollars. Uh, that's really good as well, Tony. Tony, those are all to getting to know you questions. Tony, so 37 years selling alcohol, 
Where did it all begin? Where did it start? Look, you know, in 1985, see, I came to Australia in 77, make little story, but important to explain. To Perth, I lived there for two, 18 months, two years, and then I came to Melbourne because I had a cousin here. I worked in the similar factory. I worked in Perth five years and a half later. I made redundant. Mm. But I was, uh, I did become a purchasing officer, like a buyer in the company there. <clears throat> when I was made redundant on a Monday morning, that's a good story I tell you, uh, I saw a job uh, at Dan Murphy, purchasing officer. I didn't know what Dan Murphy do. So I went and I got the interview by Mr. Dan Murphy himself. And he said, do you know anything about liquor? I said, look, I know Black Douglas, Johnny Walker, Red, Victoria, Bitter, Foster's Lager. Because when you poor Lebanese boy in Melbourne, what do you drink? You know, that's what you drink. Mm. Black Douglas or Johnny Red or something. Anyway, he said, no, you can't do this job. We sell a French wine, Italian wine, a lot of Australian wine. Anyway, I was lucky. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, have you got a reference? I said, look, I didn't. But my boss got retrenched too. And that's his number. And believe it or not, he is 96 years old. And I saw him a couple of years ago at his house in Gippsland. <coughs> Went and had lunch with him. So he rang my boss and my boss did love me a lot. He said, Mr. Murphy, give this young man the job and he'll work very hard for you. When he told him that, of course, Mr. Murphy picked the telephone and rang me. And that's how I started with Mr. Murphy. So I worked. And to be honest, for the first six months in Dan Murphy selling alcohol, I was looking for a job every day because it was hard for me. Italian wine, French wine, Australian wine. I didn't know there is a Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, all these different varieties, you know, and different producers. So it was hard for me to learn, but I did work hard. Six months later, after the June 1985, when I got the job, he called me to his office after Christmas. And funny, I thought he's going to say, mate, you don't speak English very well. You don't know the job. Pay a couple of dollars for this six weeks, six months, go home. He gave me 10,000 pay increase. And guess what? When you get something like that, JP, you just feel like a new man and a smart man. Suddenly, I got very confident and I start working hard and the rest is history. I just work hard and hard. A couple of years later, I was lucky. He got in trouble in the tax office for something he did before my time, long time before. And his son refused to sign the guarantee because he loved me for my hard work and work ethic and everything. He asked me if I signed the guarantee to the bank and he gave me share in the business. I did and I became partner in them. Wow, that's yeah, really, really good to hear, Tony. Tony, uh, you must have seen uh, some changes over that 23 years in Dan Murphy's. Of course, of course I did. And look, um, funny, <coughs> last night I had a dinner with the CEO, managing director of Dan Murphy Endeavor Wine Group. His name is Steve Donahue. And Steve, funny thing, he used to work with me when he was 18 as a casual worker when he was going to university. And he lived about four minutes from my home. I used to drive him on the way home, pick him up because he didn't have a car. And he's the CEO and he's always very respectful to me. He's a grateful. And we funny were talking about the changes they did. Look, of course, when I worked with Dan, he had one store and he bought the Alphanton. That's where the head office is now. Then we managed to buy Brighton, Malvern, Forest Hill. We had five when we sold to Woolworths in 1998. Then I worked with Woolworths for 10 years. And when I left the business, 
I think they had about 88 stores. And now they have about 240 of them. The difference today and then, now they are, of course, fancier store, cleaner, cleaner uh, tidier, more technology, more computers. But guess what? He said yesterday, and every time I speak with him, still the same. I mean, and when you get a question by directors, by analysts, by bankers, merchant bankers, he always said, I learned the business on the shop floor, so I know what the customers want. And that's the most important thing in any business, if you know what your customers want. And he's very friendly, tough, cookie guy, but friendly, respectful with the staff, with the suppliers. And that's, in my opinion, important. And the success you get in business when you have all this uh, quality in you. Tony, yes. so you spent five years at another big company, Liquorland. Yeah, could, look. Could you please tell us about when that? I left, when I left then, was very funny thing. Mm. They made a mistake a little bit. I was going to Lebanon, uh, Lebanon for six months because I've been in Australia all this time, but I always got to Lebanon for two weeks and come back. All my brothers and sisters there, except one of them in Perth. So I wanted to go spend the three to six months and have a real holiday, enjoy the time with my older sister and brother because they like my dad and mum. Anyway, so I left then. And funny, when I left, I was on holiday having a break. Gold rang me and offered me this ridiculous offer, three times more money than what I was earning. Yes, I got upset a little bit by Woolworths because when I left, they should have put restraint on me out of respect and pay a couple of dollars. Honestly, I didn't care about the hundred or 200,000 they supposed to pay. But the reason they didn't put restraint on me, they, they probably thought, oh, who do you think you are? You were at the right time, at the right place. So they didn't put restraint on me. And because they didn't put restraint on me, and I got the crazy offer from Gold. So I went to work for Lippeland five years. I got paid a lot of money, but I did deal with the board of West Farmers. I learned a new world and I had every, um, enjoyed every minute of it. And I did fix the business in Lippeland with the seller first choice. And I took it from something like a $24 million of profit on the deathbed to 80 million profit. And I was real, really competitive big competitor to Woolworths, which they never did feel before. So I did enjoy it, and I did a good job. And then I um, retired at the end of the five-year contract I had, and I got the job to my finance director at the time, and the rest of history. About, um, you're probably going to ask me the next question. I'll help you. About two, three weeks after I left, the partner I, I, I am in the business with now, he called me. And he said, I hear you are, uh, you just retired from Colt. I said, yeah, but Glenn, I don't want to do any business because I thought 55 year old, I work all my life. I just want to have a break. He said, I want to sell you half my business for free because I'm sure in four or five years, you make it worth four times more. And uh, anyway, I went and had a coffee with him and, uh, and I bought half his business and I'm sure it's worth four times more for him and me what we paid for it about uh, in 2013. That's, so since then, it's, it's my own business nine years. That's good, and that's that's in so that's in liquor as well. So also in liquor, yeah, yes, in liquor we have three stores in Tasmania, three stores in Queensland, five in Victoria. We have a warehouse in Dandenong, you know, South Dandenong. You know, there we supply to shops, some bottle shops, uh, sorry, hotels, restaurants, and bars. And uh, what else do we have? Yeah, we have a wholesale retail. We import. 
to Australia, beer like Corona, Heineken, stuff like that. And we export some uh, wine to China and some other stuff to China, Cambodia, Vietnam, the Asian country. They have five, six customers. They buy stock from Australia. They sell it in Taiwan, China, Korea, Vietnam, Cambodia, places like that. So the, uh, could you could you please uh, share the name of the business? Steve's Liquor. So the reason is called Steve because my partner's son Steve and he worked in the business with my son. So Steve's Liquor. So if you Google Steve's Liquor, I'm sure some of the shops will come up. Mm, and that's there yeah, really good as well. Toadi, uh, so uh, obviously with everything going on now around the world and lockdown, including lockdown, um, that, that, that would have had a uh, big impact on your business and including the liquor industry as well in general. Yeah, look, uh, believe it or not, um, the export business to China, yes, went almost to uh, to uh, zero because they didn't import, <laughs> because they're giving us half time the Australian in China, but that's mm. okay, went down to zero. Uh, the rest of the export, because the pandemic went down almost 95%, that's okay. But believe it or not, the people in Australia bought a lot more alcohol because when they were working from home, not going to restaurants and pubs, they bought a lot more alcohol from the shops. So the retail shops went a lot stronger and the wholesale business in the in the shop was very strong, but the one the restaurant and uh, and what's his name and bars went down. But overall the profit to be honest, yes, was was up for us because business went very well in the retail liquor. So the, if you could jump on a plane right now and go anywhere around the world and uh, open a bottle, have a nice drink, where would you go and why? Uh, look, you know what? I'm a bit old-fashioned, as I said at the beginning, John Paul. You know what? If I can go, I like to go to Lebanon, see my family, but definitely I like to go to Italy all the time. I would love to go to Italy in the country, not so much in the city where the vineyard, relaxing, you eat... <laughs> The cold meat, salami, prosciutto, prosciutto and a um, bit nice wine. Of course, I like France, but I like Italy, and I still haven't done. I like to go one day to um, Sweden, Finland, and Norway, places like that. My sister went about five years ago and said, brother, you should go there. And, uh, yeah, they're the places I like to go. But I still think that my best holiday, <coughs> excuse me, when I go to North Queensland, uh, relax on the beach there, nice, clean and tidy, and I don't want to get caught in another country with the pandemic right now, John Paul, so don't understand me wrong. I'm not going in Harry to Europe or Lebanon. I know a lot of people are traveling now more than before, but I'm old uh, and a conservative old gentleman. Uh, I was just wondering as well, because uh, we're talking about drinks, what's, what's your favorite drink to have as well? Uh, nothing beats an Australian Shiraz. Good Barossa Shiraz, good Hiscuit Shiraz. I like Australian Shiraz. I like white Burgundy from Burgundy, white wine, but I still drink nice clear Riesling from uh, Clear Valley in Australia, the best value wine, right? And, and tell the uncle and dad if they're still in the business. Uh, the best value wine in Australia is clear Riesling, but I like a Shiraz from, yeah, Barossa and stuff like that. But I like white Burgundy from Burgundy. They, they, they think I like to drink when I eat. I'm in the drinking mood. Ah, uh, that's really good. Uh, and yeah, hopefully, 
hopefully we can uh, catch up soon. Me, um, me, you, our family, and we could have tell, a tell we, the family love to catch up with the good people. We could people have a good drink together. Very happy to to do that whenever that's you're ready. That's good, Tony. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast show today. Thank, I, I really appreciate for, it. Hopefully, we could chat thank and talk again soon. My name and having the chat with me, and I'm very happy that we had had this chat. No worries. And another great chat from Tony. I'm very thirsty. I'm going to go have my favorite drink. Thanks for listening to Talk Things with JP. I'm your host, JP. See you next week. This has been another episode of Talk All Things with JP. For other episodes, check us out on Spotify or chuck us a like on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm.